Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, forgive us our sins. Uh, Wash us with the blood of Jesus. Thank you for salvation in Christ. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for your instruction. Bless your word this morning. Allow us to see the things that you want us to see out of your word. Allow us to be authentic and genuine in our faith, Lord. Uh, A lot of people are playing religion, and the devil has them entangled in the weaves of theology and ecclesiastical philosophy and, and, and thoughts uh, of, uh, the, of sorts that are not going to be worthy of your kingdom, Lord. We pray that this week as we celebrate the Lord's uh, Supper on Wednesday, that we would be here, uh, your disciples, your followers, breaking the bread and drinking the cup, Lord. Allow us to plug in to your heart, even in the busy holiday season, Lord, where there's so many things going on. You are our... Uh, priority we seek first your face lord that we might know you that we might uh, walk in a manner that pleases you lord thank you for what's going on in the church thank you for uh, new babies thank you for people going home thank you for water baptism obedience thank you for discipleship thank you for uh, these last days while there are people being lovers of themselves there's actually people that are denying themselves and following you, picking up the cross. So prosper your word in our hearts and allow us to be authentic followers of Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Um, The concept of following uh, has so many uh, different dynamics. Um, If you study, as soon as we came to to the Bible, and, and 36 years ago, when my family started coming to church, uh, we started reading the Old Testament as how people left Egypt. And, and the very first thing that happened uh, when they left Egypt, the Lord says, you're going to follow a cloud. You know why? Those people were not used to following anything. They, they, they were there stuck as captives in Egypt, building pyramids. And now they were free to do whatever they wanted. As soon as, imagine you being a slave of a system. A lot of the Cubans that are in Cuba, they leave, they leave Castro's regime. And when they come to Miami and you figure there's no more Cuban communistic regime, people get to do a great life. They're, they're more destroyed in their liberty they start cheating on their wives. They start thinking capitalism, uh, the, the idolatry of, of making money, and, and they forget God all over again. They forgot God in the island, and, and communism took over, and then they come to Miami, and they forget God in their freedom. So the same thing with the people of Israel. They were enslaved in Egypt. Now they crossed the Red Sea. Now they're free. They could do whatever they want. No. God says, you know, if you're going to be my people... While you have the liberty to do whatever you want, I want you to follow uh, me into the promised land. I have a life for you, and if you're going to get that life, you need to be a follower. So what does it take for somebody to be an authentic follower? And then in our day and age, that's looked down upon. Oh, you're a follower. Listen, uh, depending on who you follow is where you end up, number one. Number two, if you don't follow anybody, you're just a wanderer. 
you're just, you're just, you're just going at it. And I've, I've talked to a lot of millionaires recently, and they're like, oh, I need money, money, money. And I said, okay, say I write you a check right now for $50 million. What are you going to do with it? They have no idea what they would do with the prosperity they would have. And a lot of them are prospering and losing their families. They're losing their marriages. Uh, the guy from Amazon, what's his name? He figured this is multi-billion. The first thing he does, he loses his wife. I, if I lost my wife, I'd rather go to heaven first. How many say amen? Um, and and that's, that's the reality of, so in this concept, I, I need to be very quickly here. Um, but, but we're called to be followers of Christ, number one. And, but before we get there, we need to see some background. And we see Israel in Numbers chapter 9, verse 15. The Bible says that as they journeyed across the desert, the Lord had provided for them a cloud that covered the tabernacle. And during the day, it was a cloud, and at night, it was a column of fire. Why fire? Because it would keep them warm. It was the, just the right temperature. So when you're following God, the surrounding elements are just right. You can say amen whenever you feel you're a Christian and agree with the sermon. Um, you, God, if you're following God, the elements that surround you are the appropriate elements. I call it the greenhouse effect. There's a man here. I, was, I started to say that. Uh, if you were here on Wednesday night, a man that came, he grew up an atheist man, and now in these last days, his son, Yoa, has come and has given his heart to the Lord, and now Kathy and Yoa are serving the Lord. So Yoa's father has raised them to be atheists, and he came on Wednesday night, and he says, man, it felt like there was something powerful there. And Yoa goes, yeah, his name is God. God is actually here. this this whole atmosphere of coming into this place. Now watch this. If you stay here for a determined amount of time, you can flourish in the, the fruitfulness of what God intended. In other words, if you think like God and move in God's way, you end up with God's results. And if you're absent God, and then you're not following the cloud, and you don't have the cloud by day and the fire by night, You're not following that reality, the presence of God. And this is verse 16. Look, it says that this, uh, by evening until morning, it was above. So it was always. So say with me, always. Always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. When is God going to drop the ball? Never. Never. If you're following, you got the right elements of all things to flourish into the purpose of God. This is Old Testament shadow and type. And we're not pressing into these things. So a lot of people, they go to church, and they're religion, and they're not following anybody. They're pretending. But the true followers of Christ have a cloud by day and a fire column by night, and the elements are perfect. And you see, my family, you know, the people get upset that I talk about my family, but there needs to be an expression of reality in these things. This cannot be religion. If you do the right thing, you get the right results. You get the fruitfulness. And, and that's why by their fruit, you will know they're my disciples. And the most horrible thing in the world is people that say that they are followers when they're not. Not following nobody. They, they are acting like they're following because when you follow, you're, you're on task. 
You're unfocused. You don't care. You're not distracted. You don't. So they were following this cloud. Verse 17, it was whenever the cloud moved, they moved. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after the children of Israel would journey. And in the place where the cloud would settle, they would stop. Man, I'm excited this morning. Might be the only one. God, God. I was saying on Wednesday, God shows up. If God, on Thanksgiving, we were meeting at my house with a couple of family members, my brothers and my parents and Yvette's parents. And we said, you know something? I, I, everybody was giving thanks. A lot of people were, my nieces were thanking God for their boyfriends. I said, Come on. He's kidding me. Okay, we'll, we'll let them slide. Margin of grace. But I was thanking God for the fact that God shows up. If God shows up, man, we got it made. And guess what? He always shows up, right, Ezekiel? Absolutely he shows up. That's the, the powerful thing about our God. If you're following him, if you're not following him, you're lost. And you have no promised land to get to. But that, that's one. And I don't know if you are your own cloud. You, you're, you're just going on your own. So you're lost. You're lost. And God wants you to start following Jesus. The second one is in 1 Kings, um, Elijah, verse 19, was a great man of God, Elijah. And, and, and God says, go and find somebody that's willing to follow you. So the exciting thing about you following God is now that somebody follows you. And I want to ask you a question. This one lady told me once early on when the church first started, Pastor, be careful. Somebody not follow you. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, yeah, because if somebody follows you, they're going to find out who the real you is. I go, if anybody follows me, they're going to get saved, super saved. How many say amen? amen? How many have hung out with a pastor, right? I'm talking about if you, if you hang out with me, you're going to get more on fire with God, and you're going to get double saved. And, and the, whoever, if he's trying to figure out be careful what you say on the phone because, you know, what you say on the phone? I said, I hope somebody listens to my conversation. Please, eavesdrop in my conversation at any time at your leisure. Because if the Lord has made an authentic work in my life, I don't have a double life. I don't have a hidden life. And so we are the followers of Christ. And if anybody's following us, they're not following us into a nightclub or a whorehouse or a striptease bar or to get drunk or nothing. I wish they would have followed us on Black Friday. We weren't at any mall. We weren't, we weren't serving ourselves. We were there serving the orphans. And so here, Elijah, in, in 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, verse 19, Elijah went from there and found Elijah. And he was plowing the field. And Elijah went up to him, threw a, a cloak around him. And Elijah left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Again, another example of somebody following somebody. You imagine the most miserable thing of, of a wife asking a husband, could I ask you a question? Who do you follow? Because I'm following you. You're my head. You're my leader. And I've, I've come to the determination. You're not following anybody but your big, fat ego. Do we know where that ends up? Does anybody know that? Talk to somebody who's lived a little bit. And, and the miserable, you know, a wife feels horrible when she's 
trying to follow a husband who's not following anybody. Who, let me hear, who are you following? Who's your, who is the drive and the passion? Who you, where's your reward coming from? Where's your inheritance coming from? And so Elijah starts following this man. He throws a mantle on him and he goes, let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye. And he said, then I will come to you. And Elijah replied, verse, uh, we're reading verse 20. After Elijah goes and gets this young man, he puts a mantle on him. He says, wait, wait, I got to go say goodbye to my parents. He says, get lost, young man. I don't have time to deal with you if you're not serious about following me. Go back again for what have I done to you? Verse 21, Elijah turned, this young man turned back from him and took all the yoke and oxen, slaughtered the ox, boiled the flesh and used the ox equipment and gave it to the people and they uh, that were there then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant we we talk about being followers of Christ at our leisure and much 911 Jesus we need your help come and fix the plumbing the electrical the fire and and then we don't follow we we 911 service is a lot of what we talk about but no this man burned all his kit and caboodle and followed Elijah and 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 that the several times I, I don't have time right now to read the whole story but as he's following Elijah several times Elijah says look if this is too much of a hassle for you stay behind he goes no I'm not staying behind. He goes, then what do you want? He says, I want double portion of everything God is doing in your life. I want, that was a firstborn rights. He wanted the inheritance of being his son. And, and do you want an inheritance of being God's son? And are you going to sacrifice everything to make sure that that's a reality? And is it your highest pursuit? Is it your highest priority? Listen, um, without it being an imposition, just just call it for what it is. There was a man that was coming to our church for years, and he was not a real Christian, and his wife and his four kids uh, were like seeing dad, and he, it was just a contrast of not being a real Christian. I, I told the guy, listen, do me a favor. I'd rather you be an all-out, crooked, perverted, degenerate sinner so you know why? So that your wife and four kids can pray for your salvation, mister. But quit putting on that little Sunday, um, I'm here as a Christian, when you're not a real Christian. Go and become a real degenerate, horrible person so that your wife and four kids could pray for your salvation. But quit straddling the fence. So I, I want to take you to the place this morning, and uh, I think the Holy Spirit is being very powerful to, to confront you with whether you're a follower of Christ. Because in the last days, many will say, Lord, Lord. And they're going to say that, they're going to stand before me and say, didn't I know you? Didn't I, didn't I, wasn't I at spring of life? And, and the Lord's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. You didn't follow me. You didn't represent me. You, 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 didn't, you weren't. So at this point, Elijah tells him in 2 Kings chapter 2, um, he tells him, what do you want? Several times he said, stay here. You don't have to be so intense. Second Kings chapter two, verse four, Elijah said to him, Elijah, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. 
But he said, as the Lord lives and as, a, as your soul lives, I will never leave you. So they came to Jericho and the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho approached Elijah and said, hey, do you not know that the Lord is going to take your master soon? He's about to die. You're following the wrong guy. Quit following this guy. He's about to be dead. There's no promise there. And he says, no, I got to keep on following him. He said, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them kept on following. They crossed over the Jordan. They went to Jericho. They crossed over the Jordan. Verse 9, they crossed over and Elijah said to Elijah, the old man said to the young man, ask what I shall do for you before I leave this earth. And Elijah says, please let me have a double portion of your spirit upon me. You're going to have the double portion of the spirit of the person you follow. And if you're following nothing, you get nothing. Following Christ, you get the inheritance. And he says, what you've asked for is hard. Verse 10, you have asked for a difficult thing. However, if your eyes are upon me when I leave this earth, you shall, it shall be so for you. If you follow me so close that in the moment of the time that the Lord is taking me up to heaven and you're watching me, you get double portion of my spirit. And people, let me just tell you something, that if you want to be a follower, you want to be followed like Elijah because his eyes were upon his master when he was taken up. And the Bible says there in verse 12 that as he was taken up, Elijah saw it. The follower saw the master being taken up and his relationship with the master had become one of a father, a, a son who followed a father. He didn't say, Almighty oh, prophet, Almighty oh, master, Almighty oh, teacher. He said, My father, my father. I see you being taken up. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his mantle. And, and he did twice as many miracles as the old man had done. They say they counted Elijah's miracles as 16 and the follower 32. Amazing miracles. He got double the portion of the person he was following. Quit saying you're following somebody you're not. I was just watching a video yesterday uh, in Australia. The way they slaughter sheep. They train up a donkey. Did you put that back there? Let's watch this video real quick. This is, this is some people are following the wrong people. And these sheep are following these donkeys. Watch this. Instead of following the shepherd. You know where they're going? To the slaughterhouse. All these sheep. And these donkeys are trained to take sheep to be dead. So we're, we're following all sorts of craziness in this modern last days, and we don't know where we're going. Now, we could t turn that off now. Um, sheep are known as dumb animals. They're, they're very simple animals. They're gullible animals. That's why they need a shepherd. Now, I ask you a question. Who's your shepherd? Who's your pastor? Go ask any one of the little kids in Sunday school who their pastor is. I mean, they, they're always giving me drawings. You're my pastor. I'm going to take your place. I'm going to be the pastor. <laughs> they draw it just like that. They say, see that one? That's, a, that's you. When you get old, you're going to sit right there, and I'm going to preach. I'm going to be the pastor. I'm going to be. 
And so they're shepherds. And so a lot of older people are following nobody. And so we talked about those who followed David became the mighty men of David. In 2 Samuel 23, when David gives his last words, he says, there's only one type of man who's not worth leading. And he says it, the last days. You'll see this, uh, 2 Samuel 23, verse 1. These are the last words of David. These are the last words of David. These are the last words of David. They wanted the secret ingredients in the recipe of how he brought up forth. This was right before he died. This is the guy who killed Goliath. He had a huge army of valiant men. They said, how did you do it? He says, I never wasted my time with rebellious men. Rebellious men don't follow anybody. You can't lead them. When you try to grab them, their hands are like thorns. They, they, they pinch you. They don't want to be led. So um, they asked me one day, how do you become a world changer? Right? I was in Peru, and it was a big conference, and the media was there. And they said, Mr. Molina, you're saying you're changing the world. How do you become a world changer? And making fun of me. And I said, you know how you become a world changer? You follow a world changer. And we're following Jesus. We have no doubt we're going to change the world. No doubt we're going to change the world. And we're following him close. And, 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 you know, we talk like him. We think like him. We act like him. Our lives are the evidence of his character and fruitfulness. Acts chapter 20, verse 30, the warning was Paul saying, be careful because some men will be there in the mix of all these followers, right? In the mix of all of us that are following Jesus, there's going to be some, it says, some from among yourself. There will be men who rise up speaking things that are twisted. And they're going to try to get men to follow after them, to draw away disciples after themselves. It's really, really screwy that uh, in our last days here, um, so many people are going in so many directions. They don't even know who they're following. They don't even know, you know, what they're following. They don't know. And there's great deceptions going to happen in the last days to such an event. The Bible says that the Antichrist will raise up and people will follow him because of signs and miracles and, and wonders. And they're going to be lost. Deception will be the craziness of the day. People that don't follow closely are the people that get lost. Um, in, in the desert, as they were crossing the desert to the promised land, the Bible says that those that were stragglers, how many know what a straggler is? Oh, I didn't know there was a gala. Uh, we, we've only been announcing it six months. Oh, I didn't know there was a, a day for orphans. We've done it for eight years. You, you know why you don't know what's going on? Because you're not following closely. You could care less. So you, you, you start, start tweaking this thing and start getting closer to the master, closer to his voice. There was one of his followers that leaned on his chest, John the Apostle. He, he says what, that we're having dinner in the Last Supper. He, he would incline his head and rest it on Christ's chest. I say he was listening to the master's heartbeat. And the people, they see that as weird. I don't see that as weird. These guys were 30-year-old guys. Jesus dies at 33. All the disciples are younger than him. And so he's, he's right there leaning on his chest. What is Christ's heartbeat? I hope you, you, you hear Christ's heartbeat today at this service. The year is about to finish. 2019 is almost over. 
And, and you know, when you're not close to the master, you're not following close, you lose sight of the cloud. You lose sight of the um, Matthew 15, 14. He says, uh, be careful because some people are leading blind people. The, there are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind are leading the blind, both fall in the pit, in the ditch. So I, I know that I try to make myself available to everybody since day one. If you know me, you know my heart is that everybody's a champion and everybody who follows close becomes more rebuked. <laughs> they, get, they get the fire. My kids are like, oh. Listen, you know why Brandon, Joshua, Nick, and Christina are like so sharp? Because I am constantly busting their chops. That's the only way it happens. And, it, and those that don't want their, butt bust, their chops busted, they follow loosely behind. Like if I get farther away from this leader, my chops will be less busted. But if you're closer to the fire, you're not going to be led astray. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 9. The coming of the lawless one, of a great false religious leader, it's according to the Satan's plan. The coming, there's going to be a day not far away that a lawless one is coming according to the Satan's plans for the last days with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Oh, this guy's really good. This guy, yeah. and you know, he's lifted up, verse 10, with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. They didn't want reality. They didn't want genuine leadership in their lives, so they followed the false one. Verse 11, the Bible says that this Antichrist that will lift up in the last days, and for this reason, God will send upon his followers strong delusion. You don't want to you don't want to follow Christ? Then follow the Antichrist. He's gonna be speaking your language that they should believe a lie. And so I, I just need to let you know this morning that several times Christ walked up to men, Matthew 4, 19, and he said to them, follow me. Follow me. I, I want to ask you a question. Have you heard Christ's words to you? Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. His Bible becomes our blueprint, our game plan, our roadmap. Follow me. Follow me. Matthew 16, 24, he said to his disciples, everybody, man, come after me, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. Take up the cross, follow me. Quit doing what you're doing. Take up your cross and follow me. John 1, he told Philip, follow me. following day wanted to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said follow me have you heard those words yet follow me follow me follow me follow me you, you got to tear up everything that is on your game plan to follow him Luke 5 27 he told Levi follow me 
These he went out and saw a tax collector, an accountant, sitting at the tax office. He said, follow me. Matthew 4.19, he saw Peter and Andrew, brothers. They were involved in fishing expedition. Anybody out there, a fisherman? He's saying, follow me. Follow me. Be part of my game plan. Matthew 9.9, he said to Matthew, follow me. Follow me. I love Peter's attitude. Matthew 19.27, Lord, we've given up everything to follow you. See, we have left all things to follow you. Is this consistent with the Christianity that you know? You're going to be laughed at. You're going to be mocked at. You're going to be looked down upon. Because people are going to say, you know something? You're taking this stuff too serious. That's what somebody told me. What the heck are you doing? I'm telling you what I'm doing. I'm following Christ. And it's affected my schedule. It's affected my money. It's affected my time. It's affected my relationship. It's affected my, my desire in this world. Peter said to him, see, we've left everything and followed you. Therefore, what do we get? How many are into, what? okay, I'm going to do this, but what do I get? And Jesus says, you get everything. I love what he says here in verse 29. Everyone who's ever left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wives or children or lands for my sake shall receive a hundredfold and then eternal life. Amen. Listen, he's not telling you you're going to follow him to nowhere. He has a better game plan than you, my friend. Wake up. Smell the coffee. Wake up. Where he's going to lead you is greater than whatever you thought you were going to lead yourself. A lot of people saw him in John chapter 6, verse 66. And because... His demand on them following him would cost them all. The Bible says from that time, say with me, many of his disciples went back and followed him no more. This is the saddest verse in the Bible. And notice 666. Who does that remind you of? Little devil there? Little antichrist? 666 action? Let's not follow Jesus no more. Let's turn back. And go where, where? He tells the 12 in this same chapter. He says, how about you guys? Why don't you guys turn back and go back? And he goes, no, only you have words of life. I don't want anything that Christ is not ahead of. Um, John 12, 26, he says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. So where I am... There my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. I'll tell you what. I don't know anything in this world worth following but Jesus. And we've left yet to see what is going to be the consequence of those who follow them. Uh, I want to be one of those men in my generation who has seriously followed Christ. And that my life, my marriage, my children, my finances, my ministry... My purpose in life would, would, would flourish and be fruitful. Um, I'll tell you what, and they're not around here yet, but my grandchildren are going to be that one blessed generation. Amen. 
for only one reason. Because I've taken this serious to follow Christ. So let's stand today, and I, I want to, as the year closes up, I, I hope that your disposition is to be known not as a Christian, not that you go to church, not that Spring of Life is your church, not that I'm your pastor, but that you're an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. Some of you have come to the Lord at the last hour of the ball game, um, and I feel sorry for you. If, if your parents would have followed Christ, you probably would have had a clearer disposition on who to marry and why to marry and where to marry and what your, bless you, what, what life is all about. If, if your parents were followers of Christ, there would be something that would press harder upon your heart to be aligned up with these things. As this man sat here on Wednesday and he told his son, um, I felt this was really powerful. He comes into my office afterwards and he says, I wish I would have been involved in this 20 years ago. I wish I would have had this in my youth. So it's never too late to start now, but I just pray that, that your children, um, your finances, your future, your purpose upon the earth would all be and I think this, this is what Nick said. It, it would all have significance once you're an authentic follower of Christ. Lord, teach us what this means in these last days. Uh, as, as times are, are getting even more disruptive and busy and there's so many uh, calls upon our life, Lord, that being a follower of Jesus Christ authentically would be our highest call so that everything else is a fruitfulness from that life. We pray that you would bless the families of this church, Lord. We pray that you would bless those who have been here for a long time and those who just showed up recently, that they would be authentic followers of Jesus Christ, Lord, and that your Holy Spirit would bring us to this reality, that we would follow Christ as Israel followed the cloud, as Elijah followed Elijah, as the valiant men of David followed their fearless leader, in that restoration, as, as Paul and Timothy, as Timothy followed Paul, as the disciples followed Christ, Lord, that our heart would be a thousand percent aligned up with this reality and that we would not be led as sheep to the slaughter by following the blind, uh, the deceitful, and the uh, disingenuous. We pray your blessing upon our finances and that we might flourish, and that you show us how to be generous and faithful in our tithes and offerings, that you make us the, the people of God for these last days. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says, amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.